0: I'm Alex Marlowe and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. We begin the show with big immigration news. The Biden administration is handing out cell phones to illegal aliens and they're defending it. Then I get into a Breitbart exclusive report on illegal alien crime and I explain how the Texas governor is dealing with the massive influx of illegal immigrants in, in his state. Of course we have an update on our collective trans panic and today I call out Republicans who have failed to stop the sexualization of young children. The groomer defenders are not merely Democrats creepy we then get into some horrifying headlines out of china including one involving organ harvesting and many more headlines our guest today is congressman lee zeldin who's also running for governor of new york and is within striking distance of actually pulling off an upset victory there we get into the campaign plus the democrats efforts to revive the iran nuclear deal how he would address the crime wave in new york city and how illegal immigrants are affecting those in non-border states All that plus our caller of the day, but first a word from our sponsors. In today with immigration in the border the white house is now giving illegal alien border crossers smartphones that's correct they're getting smartphones that are designed to help them report to ice but do you think that's what they will use the smartphones for i don't know but the white house has certainly defended it the uh, Charlie Spearing writes, Professor Breitbart, that the White House defended the idea of giving smartphones to illegal alien border crossers to help them stay in touch with ICE officials. It'll never work, but then again, it might. Uh, this came up in the White House press briefing, and... Peter Ducey from Fox News asked about it He's consistently the only person asking interesting questions in the White House Press Corps. Do you wonder why that is? Maybe it's the only person in the White House Press Corps who is not maybe one day going to seek a job within Biden world or within the Democrat establishment world and maybe the White House Press Secretary is not going to try to work for his outlet. Maybe that gives you a little bit more interesting line of questions. But Jen Psaki who is future MSNBC employee, said, I think you of all people, since you've asked me a range of questions on this topic over time, would recognize that we need to take steps to ensure that we know where individuals are so we can track them and we can check them in. Okay? So uh, that's why we're handing out technology to legal aliens. There's a nearly oh, 180,000 undocumented uh, immigrants in the United States, aka legal aliens, being monitored with traceable devices according to reports. So we're supposed to be able to trace them, but what do you think we're, there is going to happen with these devices? Tablets and smartphones could be used to monitor border crossing using face matching and GPS monitoring. But how do you think they're really going to be used? Do you think we're actually going to really use them to a large degree to keep an eye on people? I know we can do that. The technology's there. It's very easy to do. Um, but it is, it's easy to using a cell phone track where people are. It is, uh, if you want to be devious about it, all of you can be tracked right now just by tracking your cell phone GPS coordinates It's very easy. If someone really wanted to, someone could know where you are right now within a six foot radius. That's the creepy world we live in. All they have to do is take a look at the GPS, uh, from your phone, which is trackable and, and not, you don't have to work for Apple or the U S government to figure it out. Uh, I would uh, figure for the vast majority of you, no one is that interested in what you're up to, but they can do it. So theoretically, this is something that can be done. But do you think that's really what we're doing when when the administration is sending a clear signal? We want illegal aliens coming here. We want them to stay. Um, Bill Malugin, also Fox, recently tweeted, and he's pretty good on border issues that he a video he says here's a migrant who just been released from federal custody in brownsville showing us one of these phones that the government gave him he told us that he was told he was to check in with ice every wednesday through the phone and that he was on his way to miami so and the phone is just a standard looking smartphone um indistinguishable from your basic smartphone so uh, also a nice um uh the transfer of your money to technology companies and just to, uh, in case you were curious technology companies don't tend to be staffed by right-wingers just pointing that out seems to be interesting here Malugin also tweeted that sources tell me with parole releases the migrants are asked to turn themselves into ice in a city of their choice I'm told many of them are given these phones by the government to track them and to allow them to communicate with ICE, but there's no way to stop them from being tossed. Sound good? We're handing out cell phones now so that people can check in with ICE easier. The funny thing is, if you trusted the U.S. government, if you trusted Alejandro Mayorkas, if you trusted Jen Psaki, if you trusted Joe Biden, it doesn't sound entirely idiotic because you know you can track people with these devices. And theoretically, if they were trying to uh, abide by the rest of the laws other than the one that they just broke, then maybe they would check in. But just because you're handed a piece of technology, does that change the fact that for 98 percent, 95 percent plus of the people who get notices to appear in court, they don't show up? You know, are we really going to track people down based off of a cell phone signals that what we're going to do. We're going to commit those resources. Why not just turn people around and send them back to their country of origin? This is not a sane country at the moment. The, our solution to illegal immigration is not building a wall and making Mexico pay for it. Okay, going to have the best wall, a big beautiful wall with a big beautiful door, and Mexico will pay for that wall. But not, it's not that. That's not the solution. The solution is you get a cell phone now and you can go to Miami. Is, um, I would say, pretty dumb. This overall. Very depressing, exclusive story. Breitbart News from yesterday. Legal alien charged with killing elderly man and injuring three others in Florida. Illegal alien was charged with killing a 72-year-old man. Injured three others in a drunk driving crash in Walton County. Jose Virgilio Carcamo Elvier, 42-year-old illegal alien, got a count of DUI manslaughter, three counts of DUI causing serious bodily injury. He had an expired license and an open alcohol container. That's bold. That's a bold move. So not only was he loaded, he had the container that was open. Perry Adrian Cole, 72-year-old resident of Palmetto Bay, Florida, was involved in the crash rushed to Sacred Heart Medical Center in Santa Rosa, Florida, where he's pronounced dead. Governor Ron DeSantis gave us an exclusive statement just weeks after a Haitian criminal alien brutally murdered a Florida husband and wife in Daytona Beach, another innocent Floridian lost his life at the hands of an illegal alien in Walton County. How much senseless violence and suffering will Americans endure while the Biden administration doubles down on a reckless open borders agenda? Uh, A good question. None of these lives matter. They don't matter to the people who want to keep our border open. The people who don't make it number one priority. All of these deaths are avoidable. Every time you hear a story like this, just know it is our insane country that allowed for this to happen. Sorry, I don't mean to rag on America every morning. I'm not trying to. But when you think the solution to, 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 to something like this is to hand cell phones out to people who already broke our laws. So that they, they can uh, uh, send a text message to their ICE agent then we're obviously engaging in a minimum naive, wishful thinking and perhaps something much worse, perhaps something even sinister. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has ordered buses to transport release migrants. And where will they be going? They will be going to Washington, D.C. Pretty good stuff. That's what I'm saying. I know you guys love the Fight Back content. We try to highlight it all day, every day at Breitbart.com. And rewarded handsomely by the conservative audience, for 5,000 comments on this one. Bob Price writes for us at Breitbart News that Texas Governor Abbott announced on Wednesday, state officials will be chartering buses, transport migrants. And this is in response to the Biden administration's plan to end the Title 42 coronavirus protection protocol, begin a large-scale mass release. Abbott said to help local officials whose communities are being overwhelmed by hordes of illegal immigration who are being dropped off by the Biden administration, Texas is providing charter buses to send these legal immigrants who have been dropped off by the Biden administration of Washington D.C. So good. Had a big press conference, brought a bunch of law enforcement with him. Great optics. If um, we try to stream all this up Breitbart.com, so if you're not going to Breitbart.com or all social media pages, you'll miss some of the visuals. Uh, and I'm with you guys. I'm a, a I'm an audio guy. I like reading and I like audio. Those are my those are my ways of getting the news. But um, if you do go to our socials, you will get some of the visuals, and it was a great presentation. Texans have a backbone and the will to secure our border. Abbott said two things that Joe Biden does not. No kidding. So instead of busing people to San Antonio, let's continue the ride all the way to Washington D.C. Swing voters, according to a poll, overwhelmingly support the Title 42 border barrier. You think? Again, when we've got warnings from Dr. Fauci that there will be a new variant coming out. One of our executives at Breitbart was saying to me that it should be called the midtermicron. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You got to admit midtermicron. The funny thing, though, is it's probably real. There probably is a new variant, but we've got emergency COVID funding coming, but COVID does not exist south of our border. Uh, COVID certainly exists in China. Shanghai has uh, ridiculously severe lockdowns that are going on. Even to the point where, are you sitting down liberals in the audience? They're separating families. That's right. There's been a global embarrassment for them because they have a policy where children and their parents are uh, being quarantined separately due to the alleged um, COVID-19 surge that's happening in Shanghai. Even though most of the cases are asymptomatic, and there's certainly a level of theater here, perhaps a level of theater to try to get more of the attention of the globalists who want more lockdowns. Just a possibility. But they've been separating families in Shanghai, which is 26 million people in it, and have been under lockdown now for several days. And the CCP has been sending a lot of resources, both military and government, for messaging-wise, members of the Politburo, to, um, uh, to to run the operation. But there's actually been some global backlash because the kids are being separated from the adults. I'm old enough to remember when the left used to care about child separation, but only when it was done in accordance with the U.S. laws uh, With when it comes to illegal immigrants crossing our border with people might not even be their kids it's interesting just something i would bring up i thought you should uh, know that that's happening lest you think that there's any consistency in a single policy coming from democrats um some more fight back content south carolina is set to ban biological males from competing in women's sports they're going to require trans athletes to enter events as the gender on their birth certificate this is an outrage How could you have that? That was me literally pounding the table. How could you encourage people to compete according to their chromosomes? Zomes. Zomes. Not chromosomes. What's a chromosome? It's not a thing, is it? Chromosomes idaho montana south dakota iowa arizona texas oklahoma arkansas mississippi alabama tennessee south carolina florida west virginia and pennsylvania all have similar laws in place in all of these states other than sometimes arizona and sometimes pennsylvania are pretty much hard red states so it's an interesting divide that's happening in our country states that are run by conservatives now care about the science After all of these last few years where I to trust the science. I'm with the scientists. We believe in science. Well, not when it comes to uh, protecting girls from having to compete against weird dudes. Not just dudes, but weird dudes. So good stuff there from Oklahoma. Though, in the state of Kentucky, there's a similar bill that would be in transgender girls, which means men. From competing in girls' sports and is getting vetoed by governor Andy Bashir. What's this guy's deal? And how does Kentucky have a governor like this? What an odd guy. I think we need to do some deeper reporting on Andy Bashir. What a weirdo. Do you think it was because that he maybe he got a good draw in terms of which Republicans he was running against? Maybe that's what it is. That does happen sometimes. Um, but he's, he's got children, al- allegedly. I wonder if he knows who their genders are at this point because he's not a biologist, Andy Bashir. As far as I know, he's not a biologist. Is he a biologist? Maybe, maybe he knows. I mean, it'd be amazing if he's a biologist considering he's also a lawyer. So he seems to know the difference between boys and girls better than the rest of us. Um, the don't say gay lies continue with Hillary Clinton who said people should go around saying gay all the time puncture the cruelty of course the Florida bill has nothing about saying gay you're free to say gay all you want this is a narrative that was concocted by Planned Parenthood and it was embraced by the entirety of the establishment media the bill is about not teaching five-year-olds about LGBTQIAS plus ampersand pregnant man emoji some of you guys are going to think that pregnant man emoji is actually part of the thing because I've been saying it for a while I don't think it's in there yet, but the number two is in there and the and the plus signs in there. Just don't take the division sign. Leave that one for me. I want the division sign. Not really. I don't really care. But this is one of these things where they were doing this in one of the award shows. I think it was the Oscars. They kept saying gay over and over. It is just a deliberate misreading of the bill. And why is the left so desperate to teach people in the early... Um, uh, in, in early school age about sexual orientation. Why do they have to indoctrinate them? At Why can't they wait until they're 10? Florida's bill doesn't actually go far enough as we discussed in yesterday's broadcast. It'd be great if Florida's bill was uh, that the, you can't be taught, period, that this stuff stays in the home. The school is no longer responsible for this stuff. They're not trustworthy. Schools are no longer trusted to handle this stuff. It goes back to the family. The family has to deal with it. So Republicans have heartburn, quote unquote, as Utah governor declares his transgender preferred pronouns. This is I've assigned my team. I've said, I want to know everything you can when Utah governor Republican Spencer Cox comes up. He was telling middle and high school age students his preferred pronouns. A concept created by transgender activists to help convince people that they choose the sex they identify with. That's what it's all about. If you have your pronouns, and sometimes um, in my neck of the woods, you see people with their pronouns now pinned to their chest, literally as a as a a button. It is an anti science move that shows people that you choose your biological sex. That gender is a construct. It's societal. It's a choice. This is all part of this evil that is in our midst, where we are encouraging people to question science it is questioning god it is questioning the family it's questioning any truths they've ever been told about science and biology and telling them that uh, this can be an out for any problems you have in your life you can just say oh wait a minute the problem is is that my idiot parents raised me based on science and not based on how i feel inside of me so horrible utah i'm wondering about you guys um mitt romney by the way is all on board the Kintanji brown jackson nomination he's convinced that judge brown is within the mainstream and she's highly qualified intelligent and capable and he wishes her the very best he's supposed to be mr family guy the best part about mitt romney is he's got 19 kids and 121 grandkids which is wonderful it's a beautiful thing And he does the family photos, and the family looks amazing. It's literally the last thing that's likable about him, other than I guess his hair. His hair is somewhat likable. He seems to stay in shape. I'm feeling charitable this morning. Um, But it is the fact that Mr. Family Guy is behind the person who is consistently, one time after the next, after the next, every opportunity she had, literally 100% of the time, she sentences people who are child sex predators below the recommended uh, sentences. Crime soared in Seattle after city council puts uh, cuts police funding back 30 years. So increasing in funding, and by the way, of course, we're seeing inflation. So every time, every penny is worth, you know, 7, 8% less than it was last year. And now it's been cut back 30 years worth, and they're seeing a surge in crime. So that's what we're up to in our major cities right now. Um, unbelievable crime stories that we've been tracking in Breitbart News there is some video footage of a guy in New York jumping a turnstile and then slashing someone's throat seemingly randomly It's is one example after the next and the solution is to defund the police and focus on trans stuff Santa Monica has made the list of the most dangerous cities in America Santa Monica known as the People's Republic of Santa Monica which is adjacent to the West Los Angeles neighborhood where I grew up and a lot of wealthy people there a lot of tax money flowing a lot of bleeding heart liberals and they have one of the most dangerous cities now Uh, Venice Beach is famously a cesspool now It used to be one of the most charming and cool places on planet earth and by recently meaning 15 years ago uh, now it is just drugs and crime total eyesore Uh, actually scary I was down there during a holiday recently and walking with my kids and I instantly knew it was a mistake should not have gone down there and tried to get out as soon as humanly possible. But what's California focused on? Giving guaranteed income to transgender non-binary residents. This is the city council in Palm Springs, California, which I believe is 100% LGBTQIA plus 2AIA, also plus a second plus, another two, whatever it is. I think they're all 100% um, in that group, in the alphabet people group. Which is interesting because, as you guys might know, my parents are Palm Springs residents, I've mentioned uh, uh, a number of times. They, sometimes Palm Springs City Council does a pretty good job because they have beautified the place. I mean, it, it looks great. I mean, if you go to Palm Springs, it looks like a different part of LA, or a different part of it. it's not in LA, but a different part of California compared to LA, which is to the east 100 miles. I'm sorry, LA is to the west 100 miles, Palm Springs to the east, because it's completely clean. But uh, they're now giving guaranteed income to people who don't identify as their birth gender. So I'm going down there. I'm identifying as a lady and I'm getting some free cash. That's my plan. John Nolte is a calm. Yes, Democrats really do want to groom your children. And I, I just don't. He goes through the evidence one case after the next. I know it sounds extreme but we were just counting 15 times that disney promoted lgbtqai 2s plus ampersand pregnant man emoji in their programming and they've announced they're going to be doing that even more so if disney a brand supposed to be for children supposed to be for family if we got 15 examples of them then of course uh there you can build a narrative that the democrats are now into this stuff katanji brown jackson lets them out easy The lying about the don't say gay bill, the groomer bill in Florida. They're teaching five-year-olds about this stuff from the schools. Not even in the home. They're not even recommending you teach in the home. They're teaching in the schools. Taking that away from the parents. Freakish. All right, a few other things to go around the world to update you on. A huge headline out of China. China has been conducting execution by heart removal for the lucrative organ trade. This is another one where Breitbart, if you read Breitbart regularly and Francis Martell's coverage at our world international vertical, uh, th- this is not a surprise to you, but research from the Australian National University, ANU, that was published on Tuesday concluded that years of Chinese government data indicate the government surgeons have killed prison inmates by tearing out their organs for transplant, plants, including their hearts. So what's significant here is this is based off of Chinese government data. So whenever China lets something this bad slip about itself, it means that there really is no holding it back. So it is uh, uh, incredibly significant. A DEA administrator noted that China is providing chemicals to criminal drug networks that are mass-producing fentanyl pills. Again, the fentanyl is so bad in the United States, it's only going to get worse with the open border. And even the DEA acknowledges it. So what do we do? We keep the border open and we go soft on China. Hopefully not forever, though. Though right now that is uh, apparently the plan. Joe Biden again has escalated war rhetoric with Russia. He said to union workers, if I've got to go to war, I'm going with you guys. What does that mean if I've got to go to war? He, this guy really should not talk. He should just stop talking. It is a, uh, I'm maybe being somewhat hypocritical as a champion for free speech which is how I fancy myself but every time he talks I feel like we get cl- closer to some sort of international conflict. Um, speaking of speech Twitter censors have said there's no plan to restore Trump and other conservatives to the platform so Elon Musk buys nine percent of Twitter all of conservative uh, personalities get very excited about this and the, the Twitter is saying flat out it's not happening. So all these conservatives, in particular Donald Trump, but also currently, as we've noted, Charlie Kirk, the Babylon Bee, Tucker Carlson are all locked out of their accounts for tweeting stuff that is very normative, reasonable, even pro-science. All of that, the Twitter executives are saying, our goal is not to be a free speech platform any longer. Our goal is to control speech in a way that is safe and allegedly inclusive. So we'll be keeping an eye on that one very closely at Breitbart News because this is one where we're trying to encourage Musk to try to get the job done. If he does, it'll be very significant, and I will sing his praises on the show at Breitbart.com. But if he doesn't, then it's another one where it's just his hype machine getting free press from people. All right. Lee Zeldin is our guest today. Really interesting guy. He's a veteran family man, New Yorker, one of the two Jewish congressmen and the Republican caucus and also uh, someone who's vying for the governorship of New York. And you would think it's so far fetched, but who knows? But the the way the red wave uh, appears to be coming together. Come this November, you never know what's going to happen, especially if Kathy Hochul does seem to be pretty unlikable, uh, is the nominee for the Democrats. Uh, It's hard not to see that he could have a chance. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that race a lot. And he checks in with us on the show from time to time. Let's roll the interview. Congressman Lee Zeldin is on the line with me. He's also running for. Governor of New York and uh, Congressman, I, I want to talk to you. I want to start with the Iran nuclear deal, which is uh, being pushed again. And it's another one that is kind of flying under the radar because of a lot of these problems that we're having, both with Ukraine and Russia, but also with domestic issues, illegal immigration and the Biden inflation, gas prices through the roof, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, where is this negotiation currently? Uh, how concerned should we be about it? what's being proposed?
1: Well, we should be very concerned about it, and the Biden administration is trying to re enter the Iran nuclear deal from 2015 and uh, not make necessary updates. So, this isn't a new and improved version of the Iran nuclear deal they're looking to enter. This is actually worse than the 2015 deal. Uh, one of my concerns with the 2015 deal was the sunset provisions. We were making permanent concessions in exchange for temporary concessions on the part of the Iranians. Well, that was 2015. If you don't update the sunset provisions as we're now getting close to those dates, Uh, Here it becomes even more untenable. These are very temporary concessions Iran would be making once again in exchange for permanent concessions on the part of the United States. But on top of that, uh, they're talking about getting rid of the terrorist designation of the IRGC, uh, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. And, uh, you you know, this is worse than there not being any deal at all. The Biden administration inherited a maximum pressure strategy that was working. They chose to walk away from this partially a legacy item. People involved here were part of the Obama administration, and uh, they want to put together that legacy and uh, tear down the, the one that they inherited.
0: I want to ask about this, because this was on my list of what I was going to bring up to you, that the Secretary Blinken over the weekend, the Secretary of State, said that the IRGC uh, is a terrorist group, but he wouldn't say whether or not they'd necessarily be designated as one under the New Deal. Uh, that sounds insane to me. What is his logic, possibly?
1: Just a desperation to reenter the nuke Deal, and uh, you're, we are at that table in a very weak position for no good reason. This is the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world, and we're dealing with the Iranians on the other side. Uh, I I wrote an op-ed a few weeks back where I was talking about Texas Hold'em, where uh, the best two cards to be dealt are pocket aces, the worst two for starting hand is the 2-7 offsuit. And I said as a negotiating strategy, and the Obama administration did the same thing. It's like we sit down at the table and we offer them to play our hand and we'll we're offering to play theirs we're swapping hands uh so it's just coming from a position of weakness uh and it's something the iranians are demanding and that you know why not in their logic is why not ask for it who'd have thought that you'd have someone like secretary Blinken saying okay yeah we'll do that it's a terrible idea
0: Yeah, it is a terrible idea, and um, uh, I'm curious, Congressman, about why there is why the Biden administration feels it necessary to do this, Uh, because uh, this was one, and I bring this up on the show quite frequently, that if you go back to the Obama administration, it was not a particularly popular deal when it was passed the first time around. It was sort of uh, even Democrats were holding their nose uh, because they wanted to give Obama a win, who was not hot at that moment. And he was trying to get something across the finish line. And so why do they why are they going back to it? I just it seems unnecessary other than, I guess, to get us to talk about this and not about something that's even worse.
1: And you have some people who are in the Biden administration who felt so invested in the original deal and then yeah, so has to be, and then so bothered by the fact that the next administration would come in and stop the deal that it's just a lever of power they're looking to pull. It's like okay now we're back in we're back in this position we're going to re-enter this deal it's a it's a desperation that they bring to it that weakens our negotiating position even further
0: yeah, I definitely think that that's, that's where we're at. Um, uh, let me get your reaction to what's happening at our southern border right now where you've got now uh, cell phones being handed out to illegal aliens ostensibly so they can check in with uh, with uh, ICE officials when they get to whichever city they please. Um, you've got some reaction from Governor Abbott who's going to be uh, apparently busing illegal aliens to Washington, D.C. Uh, it, it seems pretty chaotic there. What is your reaction to Title 42 coming off and how big of a deal do you think this is? Not just for for the country, but I want your take in, in how it affects even places like New York.
1: Well, it's a horrible idea to get rid of Title 42 and not be articulating your plan to, at the very least, maintain the same level of border security. Obviously, what, what I would want, many others would want, is that border security would get strengthened but at the very least, if you're going to get rid of title 42, offer up your plan of how you're going to make up for it some other way, but they're not doing that. And ironically, there's still all sorts of uh, COVID mandates because they say a public health emergency is still going on, where in New York state, we have people who are losing their job, who were previously held as heroes because they haven't gotten the the COVID shot. And you have people who are given the excuse of COVID as a reason not to go vote in person this November. And that list goes on. But they're saying at the border uh, that. The, the public health emergency is is ending, so there's that aspect of it as well. Um, w- I mean, the, the administration has, on many different levels, uh, allowed uh, individuals. They've allowed things including drugs to come across the border they're not serious about it it's a catch and release approach that w- failed in the past it shouldn't be replicated now you reference the phones which is crazy that's not the right use of taxpayer dollars but you know it, it seems like customs and border patrol has become in a way a travel agency and uh, you know these people are there serving in a law enforcement role to secure our southern border, and they're being used as a uh, as a pawn, instead of doing that job to execute that mission statutorily that they exist for, that they're funded uh, for that purpose of, instead, you're using them for the opposite uh, purpose to fulfill an agenda that is, you know, in many ways, uh, tied to domestic politics and pandering to an activist far-left base. Uh, so they are massively missing the mark on southern border policy and I think it's one of the contributing factors as to why there's going to be a price to pay at the ballot box for them this November is that the average American wants to see a secure border and that's in all 50 states whether you're a border state like Texas or in places like New York which are impacted these other states are impacted because these people are uh they when they come across the border they're, they're sent to these other states
0: I do want to talk to you about there are some really good polls coming out uh, of from your race. If uh, Kathy Hochul ends up being the Democrat nominee and you're the Republican, then that would she's only ahead of you by four points, according to a recent poll, which is pretty stunning, considering the overwhelming voter registration gap between Democrats and Republicans. Um, I imagine you find this to be an encouraging sign, but but. I do want to get a state of the race, what issues you think are really resonating with voters, and give us an update on your campaign.
1: I believe if the election was today that we would win. I know that we still have seven months to go, uh, but what we're expecting to see is a 30 percent Republican and conservative turnout. Uh, which these polls that are getting done have been actually surveying less than that. So that's one aspect. Huge enthusiasm gap. The people who are planning on voting Republican, much more excited than the people who are planning to vote Democrat. Issues, people, I mean, we lead the entire country in population loss because of attacks on wallet safety, freedom, the quality of our kids' education. Uh, It's April 7th while you and I are having this conversation. The state budget was due on April 1st. They still don't have a state budget. So the dysfunction in government on top of it all, uh, and we're on the right side of every one of these top issues, which are not just top issues for conservatives. These are top issues for independents and Democrats, too, who feel like their party has gone too far left
0: yeah it seems like it and it just there is going to be a red wave the question is can it be that big and obviously i think in this audience people are pretty hopeful that that it will be um it's the when you're going in and talking to voters uh, what what is first and foremost of them is it the kitchen table stuff is it ukraine and russia i mean what's first and foremost in people's minds
1: crime and public safety not feeling safe on the streets in the subways reading headlines every single day. Uh, In New York State, they have cashless bail statewide. This is part of the Biden-Harris agenda to make national, well, it's actually the law now in New York. And we read about people who get released on cashless bail, and they go out and commit additional crimes, which have included, in many different instances, murder Uh, And that needs to get a major overhaul. We have district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan district attorney, refusing to enforce the law. The governor has the constitutional authority to fire DAs who refuse to enforce the law. Meanwhile, Kathy Hochul saying that we should cut Alvin Bragg some slack. He just got there. He's doing his job. Uh, we should be backing the blue and giving them the tools and resources they need to do their jobs safely and effectively. I mean, there are a lot of uh, different issues because people are struggling to afford to survive in New York. Uh, they've seen uh, very restrictive COVID mandates uh, and the quality of our kids' education being greatly impacted by bureaucrats uh, trying to bring their ideology and agenda and really, not serving what you know—it's in the best interest of kids, or discouraging, uh, as well, the maximum parental involvement. Uh, so there are other issues that we hear New Yorkers talking about. But first and foremost, I'm hearing people talk about crime and public safety.
0: And that makes sense. Here's a few of the headlines we've had at Breitbart over the last few days. This is literally just this week. A 76-year-old New York City woman violently mugged suffers broken hip, and there's a video of it. 60-year-old man beaten with a brick in New York City. Uh, photos, teenage menace Jewish boys with sword in New York City. And then, of course, the one that people have been talking about over the last 24 hours, which is a guy jumps a turnstile and randomly, apparently, cuts someone's throat with a box cutter in New York City subway. It's just insane, Congressman. Oh, what do you do? Where do you start? Because you're going to have to ultimately get through to the Democrats running New York City if you're going to make a difference here.
1: This November, it's important not just to be winning the race for governor, but on top of that, it's also about winning these seats for the State Assembly and State Senate. Right now, there is barely a supermajority in the Assembly and Senate. That has to get broken this November, and I'm confident that it will. Uh, The governor has outsized power in the budget process in New York, uh, the there's also leverage as it relates to something called home rule messages, where that New York City Democrat comes up to Albany looking for permission for the city to be able to do something. The governor has to sign off on that bill. You know, they sit down with me. Okay, well, yeah, we'll talk about your 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 request, but let's talk about these other bills that are just sitting there collecting dust. Uh, And then there's also the power of showing up inside of someone's district, uh, doing rallies, doing press conferences, educating the population, moving public opinion, letting constituents know that their state senator might be telling you one thing, but doing something different up in Albany, create the environment where they're going back up to the state Capitol, begging for a vote on what they might've just been before the weekend. You're trying to avoid. Lastly, and this, is, this applies to elections across the country. This applies to elections as we battle for control of the House and Senate. Mandates aren't earned simply by winning an election. You can't just say, because I won an election, I therefore have a mandate to do whatever I want with regards to anything. If you want to earn a mandate on an issue, you have to campaign on the issue. And then when you win the election... People say, "Well, the reason why uh, you know Lee Zeldin won that race for governor is because he's been talking about the need for a major overhaul of cashless bail. You win, and then you have the mandate. You move public opinion, and you could get more done. But we have to have a major overhaul of cashless bail. I would fire district attorneys like Alvin Bragg. Uh, I have my lieutenant governor, my running mate. It was a commanding officer with the 70th precinct. She retired for taking this uh, this position, this cause, this campaign." Uh, so we're, we're all in. We, I came from a law enforcement household as well. I want to see our streets or subways turned over to law-abiding citizens. I want handcuffs on criminals, not the justice system. Uh, this is something that we're campaigning hard on to be able to earn that mandate to tackle this come day one.
0: Um, I, I want to get your take quickly on the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin admitting the Biden administration's goals with Russia and Ukraine was to, to deter Putin. What's your reaction to this?
1: well we haven't been successful in deterring putin obviously uh we need to have a reality track check that when anthony anthony blinken thinks that the threat of a strongly worded letter on his letterhead is going to instill fear on the part of you know his counterpart uh, lavrov in russia it's just divorced from reality words matter so when president biden was greenlighting a minor incursion that did damage despite the effort of cleanup inside of the white house that it's continued with words that have come from the president come from the vice president we've shown weakness the the sanctions put on the table before the invasion clearly weren't enough to deter uh and we spent our six month mark uh, of when we withdrew from our embassy in Kabul by withdrawing from our embassy in Kiev, We have to stop showing this weakness. I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe that's nothing to apologize for. I want to see our leaders strong, effective, uh, consistent, knowing how to use our instruments of national power, not because I want to ever see military conflict, but because I want to avoid it. Uh, so I, I just feel like th- we've, uh, we've seen a president, commander in chief, massively missing the mark, a team passing up on opportunities to secure a country. And clearly, uh, that cause of deterrent, that goal of deterrent that was never going to work.
0: Congressman Lee Zeldin, Republican from New York, also candidate for governor. I would, do you have a website you want to throw out for people who want to support you?
1: Sure thing, ZeldinforNewYork.com, Z E L D I N F O R. Uh, ZeldinforNewYork.com, We're on social media as well, and, uh, and and really appreciate you having me back on, and thanks for what you do every day.
0: the day is penny in florida and we do a little tongue-in-cheek back and forth but it ultimately leads to i think a pretty interesting discussion about the gender pay gap about the differences between men and women and about if we actually had a sane and not pc discussion about some of these things maybe it would be more productive for both sexes but again we can't do that now because all we can talk about is pronouns and whether or not Uh, You can define a woman unless you're a biologist. So I think this is a more important discussion and somewhat humorous. So let's play it. Penny, our caller of the day.
2: So I have a question. If I decide to identify as a man, does that mean I get to get more money for what I do for work? Of
0: of course, because of the gender pay gap that we employers love to pay men more because we like them more. And so (laughs) since you, Penny, are now a man, if you worked for me, uh, you would immediately get a 30% raise, just boom, right off the bat.
2: Perfect. I'll get my application up there, and I will relocate.
0: <laughs> so here's the other thing, though, is that if, you, if you're if you a man, like let's say you're, you're um, uh, a, a, a male in your family was working for me and transitioned to a woman, immediately 29% pay cut. If you're working for me, I- it's just boom, right there.
2: Totally agree, because I have seen it. Been in business 41 years, worked with a bunch of sales companies, different industries. Every time a woman on commission makes more than men, they redo the commission plan, so she does not make more money than the men.
0: Yep, that's how it goes. That's how we do it every time, and it, it's you know I I hope the audience can tell we're being tongue in cheek here, but I'll tell you, Penny, I oh, yeah. I might take it, I I might take it as a uh, as a trade if we could end the gender pay gap conversation because we're all not biologists to who's so who's to say if we're paying women more or not? It, it's the maybe um you know if we've as the male patriarchy that I'm a part of now. Uh, if we've been underpaying women for years, well, how do we even know what women are? So, can we end this conversation, please? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not, not, not you and me, like like like, mean, like, like, mean, like, like, like the general conversation. Cheek, yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: no, That's I have so friends on the left that are still in denial that women get paid less.
1: Um, still in denial, is...
2: and we and we know in the Obama administration, we know that women in his cabinet were paid less than men.
0: It is one of these things where I see the gender pay gap and I tell women in my life that you know what you have to do, you have to fight for more money. And because the men in your life are doing that, they're going and they're asking for raises and they're asking to make sure that there's not a penny left on the table. And a lot of the women in my life don't do that, actually. And it's one of these things where there are lessons learned that could help women at least on an individual basis but instead we just want to do we want to announce our our victimhood savor it and then not learn any lessons which is it's just such a toxic approach to life because there's probably if you're a woman who's listening right now there's a chance there's money on the table for you that you could just go get you you could just go and march into your boss's office and say hey where we at here i'm I'm due for a raise and it, it might work for you
2: Oh, exactly. And I know working for women that are in positions of power, they still won't pay more.
0: Ooh. Think about
1: that.
2: Think about Nobody. that. And, here, and here's another thought. If men were serious about it, I heard this at a conference in an automobile organization, and it was a man. He says, I'm paying my women more money than the men i hire because they work harder they're more dedicated but he says it's up to us men to change that glass ceiling because your daughters your wives and your granddaughters are the ones that are going to be affected you have to look at the future so if you're not going to change it now you're impacting them and i hope you're happy with it that's what he said
0: you know what's an interesting curse that's happening is that women are now something like sixty percent of college students, um, and it is an insanely high number. And now college degrees are worth less than ever. That you we're getting less monetizable skills. We're graduating students with more debt and let, fewer monetizable skills. And then now it's all women. So it just seems like women are a snake bit here. So they were. A, Uh, they were discriminated against and then they caught up and now they're ahead and now their degrees don't mean anything.
2: Isn't that sad?
0: It's incredibly sad. And this is what I'm saying that we waste so much time, even if you think of yourself as a feminist and this sort of most recent, whatever they call third wave feminist is ridiculous. But uh, other than that, there's some reasonable, there's a reasonable case to be a feminist. can we focus on the right stuff like why are we getting why are more women getting ripped off by the colleges they should have a big class action lawsuit against the university system
2: exactly
0: I'm, I'm, you know to college, i'll, I'll, I'll be the spokesperson the <laughs> penny i appreciate it it's a fun conversation thanks for the call I got a- That's all for today's broadcast. Thanks to producers Haley and Greg Evan and to all of you who spread the news about Breitbart News Daily, the new show, and listen to the live show live also, SiriusXM Patriot, 125, 6 a.m. Eastern, if you're so inclined. Always go to Breitbart.com, alexmarlow.com for all my socials. You can pick up Breaking the News, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.